I hope it holds on a little longer. Don't become a pumpkin yet, Montreal. <laughs> That's not a hot take. That's just a fact. Man, Tampa Bay needs to cool it with the titles to start the 2020s. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. I am your co-host, Justin Wright. And before I introduce my other co-hosts today, that's right, there's two of them. I, th- I want you, all you listeners to listen very carefully throughout this episode because you're going to hear four things. The first two are a co-host. The other two is the collective sigh of relief from all the Packers fans and the screams of agony from all the hopeful Denver Broncos fans because Aaron Rodgers is going back to the Packers. But I digress. We have... My stalwart co-host, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? Doing great, Justin. How about yourself? Um, I'm doing just peachy. And we are joined by Milwaukee Bucks fan, excited basketball fan, Jake. How are you doing today, Jake? Fantastic. It's been a great couple of weeks. That's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, we have an exciting episode lined up for everybody today. It is also our one-year anniversary of doing the podcast. Very exciting. We made it a year in. Uh, Did you ever think we'd get here? I mean, I I kind of figured we might. We we had our trials and tribulations. Hey, we only missed one week this last year around Christmas. We didn't do an episode. Other than that, we were here for you guys every single Thursday for a year. Yep, yep um yeah it went it went quick it went well um it's always a bright spot in my week I don't know for you but it is for me um of course uh except when we try to record a filler episode and (laughs) are not using the correct microphone so all you hear is yeah I gave us the uh salt and pepper shaker special with that one that was my bad there but uh, if that's, you know, if that's our biggest screw up a year in, I think we're doing pretty good. So I think we are too. Uh, yeah. And uh, not to not to keep our, our third boy here, Jake, isolated. We had Jake on because uh, you may not have heard uh, a little team known as the Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions. Uh, and without further ado, Jake, what what went through your mind when that final horn sounded last Tuesday night in game six? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. It almost it didn't feel real. But it was pretty amazing. And it was just the cherry on top for me was 50 years since they last won. And Giannis scored 50 points in the game to win it. It was just – it was all sorts of beautiful. There's no other way to put it. That's I awesome, mean, Jake. I, I mean, this is and, – and Justin got to experience – well – kind of got to experience uh, this too with the Buccaneers. Really your first team, your team winning a championship in your lifetime. And now, Justin, I know you had the lightning before the Buccaneers, but let's be real. The Buccaneers was kind of your one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, the lightning, I, I, I definitely was kind of a bandwagon fan on them. Um, I, I became a Bucks fan first. And then I was like, Oh, the lightning are also in Tampa. I might as well root for them too. But yeah, the Bucks was absolutely, you know, my first team that I followed that won that championship. And I, I completely concur with Jake. It's, it's surreal. It's like, you don't really believe it. I remember that exact thing too. Uh, when the Seahawks won their Super Bowl way back in 2013, uh, Jake, I called you not long after the uh, game was over and you, you did, did sound like you were on the verge of tears, which is completely understandable. Um, and we didn't have a very long conversation because you needed to go watch the trophy presentation, but it's a, it's a pretty awesome thing to see. And I, I, how were you feeling after the bucks were down uh, 2-0 to the Suns early on? I mean, I know you were confident on Twitter talking about that bucks and six stuff, but what was going on inside? What were you feeling? Well, I was obviously a little nervous, but they've proven uh, it's pretty safe to bet that, they play way better at home, and I knew if they could bring bring back two games at home. And then the key game was I th- game five. Winning in Phoenix was 
fantastic. And then Giannis had what I like to call the valley oop because it was in the valley. <laughs> and he had that great alley oop. And, you know, but as a Bucks fan, you just got to – the whole – the motto all season has been Bucks and six. And they proved it, Bucks and six. Yeah, talk about that motto a little bit, though. That is kind of a rallying cry that your team had throughout the playoffs. Uh, won a couple of the series in six like that after falling down 2-0. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you won against Brooklyn in seven, but just how does that kind of speak to uh, what you think the team's mindset was throughout the playoffs? I think their mindset was always, you know, it doesn't matter if we lose the first two or – lose however you know you gotta you gotta win when it matters and you gotta go out and you gotta prove that you can make big plays in big moments and if anyone did that it was Giannis because for a guy who shot pretty terrible from the free throw line like Shaq-esque most of the playoffs in game six of the finals 17 and 19 then you can't that's that's showing up when it matters and it's, I mean, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but it's about winning games that are important. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of overused at this point, but I, I do feel like Giannis was really channeling that, that Mamba mentality that gets thrown around quite a bit, but he, he played exceptionally well. And he played exceptionally well for a guy who a week before the finals, they weren't sure if he was even going to play or not. Yeah. So what do you think the odds are that he's how, – how long has he uh, got a contract for in Milwaukee? How long is he staying there? Uh, I think his contract – I'm not exactly sure how the contracts work. But if, if I remember correctly, his contract would have been up at the end of this season. But since he signed a new contract, I don't know if that means it started this season or if it starts next season. But I know it was a five-year – max contract oh, was it a so, super max i thought it was it a was. super max yeah, yeah it was a five-year super max so and a lot of money for like half a decade essentially they'll have him i believe until 2025 and i think they have chris middleton until 2025 drew holiday until 2024 rick lopez for two more years so they are sitting pretty good i think they're gonna have to obviously fill in some bench players that come and go. But uh, I don't know. I was just most happy to see two teams in the finals that weren't like, you know, the Lakers, the Celtics, the Heat. Oh, so not a LeBron team. And the <laughs> uh, I, can't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if today's the day you want my LeBron hot takes. <laughs> you keep teasing it. Someday we'll get it. Someday. Uh, Someday. Uh, I, can, I can say something now. Uh, the original Space Jam looks better. I can honestly say that. Agreed. Well, I, I haven't dared watch the new Space Jam. Maybe that's what me, we should do, Jared. Me either, but I, I still know it's not as good. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do. We should get you, me, and whoever else wants to do it, and we should watch this new Space Jam for next week, and that should be next week's podcast. <laughs> Just the Space Jam uh, extravaganza. Yeah. I've heard not great things about the film. I have also heard not great things. That's, but my boy Dave's in it. So, you know, if nothing else, I will watch it for that. But I don't expect it to hold a candle to the, uh, to the original. Absolutely. Uh, Jake, back, back to the Bucks. We asked you last time you were on uh, if you thought that Milwaukee had to win the finals for Mike Budenholzer to keep his job. Obviously, that's not an issue anymore. Uh, I'm pretty sure his job's safe now, no? Uh, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. Part of me believes that maybe Mike Budenholzer was saying before game seven of the Brooklyn series is, I, I might lose my job. And then uh, Kevin Durant had too big a feat, and now here <laughs> we are. Mike Budenholzer is still the coach of the Bucks. It's crazy how the uh, butterfly effect works in sports sometimes uh, because, yeah, if Kevin Durant is a, an inch back – in that game uh there's no overtime the bucks don't win the nets move on who knows what happens there Budenholzer might be out of a job who knows how long it'll be before the bucks next championship i mean so many things change from that one play and uh what i was going to say in uh terms of that especially that play in that series specifically is to me this bucks team epitomized the idea of fighting out when your back's against the wall because yep. boy, no team in the playoffs 
uh, in recent memory, I don't think, save maybe the Cavs in 2016, was closer to elimination on several occasions Mm -hmm. and held on. I mean, and you guys, you just had a playoffs that had everything. You had a 42-point blowout loss early on. You had that close series with Brooklyn. You had the injury to Giannis in the series against Atlanta. I mean, you guys really went through the emotional roller coaster in this playoffs and somehow, some way, stayed alive to see it all the way through. So I think that in itself speaks a lot to uh, Milwaukee's collective mindset. Yeah, and I know I, I ragged on Mike Budenholzer, but I have to give the man credit. He, he stuck with his game plan, and he didn't change the way he coached, and he it, it worked. So, I mean, you got to credit the guy for – sticking with it and I think the biggest thing is Milwaukee played better defense than most of the other teams and I truly believe defense wins championships and I can see it in several players obviously Giannis plays great defense and great offense but Drew Holiday was at quite a few times very unreliable on offense but he made fantastic defensive plays every game he shut down Chris Paul when they asked him to, Devin Booker when they asked him to, um, James Harden, who was, yes, hobbling, but Trey Young, I mean, their defense stepped up when it mattered. And even when, like like you said, when their backs were against the wall, they made plays. Giannis was hurt. Chris Middleton stepped up. Bobby Portis stepped up one night, I think, in, in the Atlanta series. They just, they, they all, they knew what they had to do and they, they did it. I mean, no, uh, I shouldn't say no team, but pretty much no team that's ever won a championship has done it the easy way. And uh, you have, especially in the NBA playoffs, when you have series that often go to six or seven, uh, if you're the last team standing, you you've earned it without a doubt. And yeah. Milwaukee, mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I wanted to touch on that Milwaukee proved uh I think I, I put it on Twitter the other day. They gave basketball a cautionary tale and that the super team is not the answer. Um, at least that's what I read into it. Giannis's loyalty was rewarded for sticking it in a place like Milwaukee when he had opportunity to go somewhere else um, like a Brooklyn, like an LA, like a mm-hmm. Golden State, whatever have you, one of these super teams, but he didn't. He stuck it out. The loyalty was rewarded. Um, and then just kind of in terms of the super team thing too, we saw what's been going on with team USA basketball over in Tokyo in the Olympics. Uh, you may have some of the best players in the world on your team. It does not necessarily mean it's going to translate into titles and success. And I think that's a, I think that's a very important takeaway for basketball fans and players alike from this Milwaukee championship is that you can still do it the old fashioned way. It's possible. Um, it's in it, you know, it takes oh, for sure. And I think both teams true that the Suns by no means are a super team either. And really, DeAndre Ayton was not playing fantastic basketball until the second half of the season. And Devin Booker, yeah, he could score a lot of points, but they were not a super team by any means, and neither were the Bucks. And I know a lot of people say, well, the Nets were hurt, Trey Young got hurt, Anthony Davis got – well, yeah, but everyone has – players that gets hurt there's never been a team that's made it to the finals or won the finals without catching a break somewhere along the line that's it's it's just how sports works yeah you can only play the team that's in front of you you know you yeah. can only control what's you can control um, i'm glad you brought up the suns too because i wanted to ask both of you guys even though phoenix lost this series after an incredible incredible season uh very unexpected incredible season at least I don't think that Phoenix is going anywhere anytime soon. I think they're still going to be a team to beat out West. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys the same thing. What do, what do you think of the Suns, even though they came up on the short end of this thing? Well, I think it has a lot riding on. Does Chris Paul stay in Phoenix and still chase that ring that he got the closest he's ever been to? Or after he's played so well, does Chris Paul cash in on the last biggest contract he could probably have in the NBA? Uh, so I, I think a lot rides on whether Chris Paul stay. I think they're going to be good. 
even if Chris Paul leaves, but I don't think they'll be as good. Fair enough. Uh, Justin, what is kind of your feelings about the Suns where they sit right now? Um, I think, uh, no pun intended, they have a bright future. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, all pun intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if Chris Paul stays, I think they're a really good playoff team, you know, potentially a championship team. I think they're making it to the playoffs if Chris Paul leaves. Oh, but for sure. I, I think he should stay. I think he should try to chase that ring with, with the Suns right now. You know, in the offseason, free agency, if they shore up a, you know, maybe add a little bit of extra talent to the team, I, I think they've got a really good shot. I, I agree with you 100%. I think if I'm Chris Paul, I'm definitely staying in Phoenix because I, yeah. you have I, Devin Booker, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have the makings of a championship team there. You don't leave that. Um, and it would mean so much more in a city – uh, like Phoenix, the sports starved area down there in Arizona, really in terms of championships, uh, the Suns or maybe the Cardinals might be what they have most to be excited about right now though. Um, so yeah, it just, I don't know. All the stars feel like they align for Phoenix. And I, if I'm Chris Paul, that's where I'm staying. And I, I wouldn't go anywhere else, but that's a decision he's got to make. Uh, I think either way, like Justin said, whether he leaves or stays, the Suns are still a playoff team. Oh, but, I, yeah. but I think without him, they're not necessarily a championship team. So uh, I think they're not going anywhere out West. I definitely see them being uh, maybe a number two or even a one seed mm-hmm. out there next year. Um, I this- think the West is really interesting if all those teams get healthy. If Nuggets get Jamal Murray back. Warriors get Steph and Clay back. Anthony Davis comes back. Memphis is on the rise. Uh, there's a lot of the West is the West is good. The West is a scary place. It has been for about the last five years. It's been really hard to uh, to make it out of the West. And Phoenix is now Phoenix though. Two years ago was one of the worst teams in the league. And this turnaround has been so fast and so immediate that that's what's been surprising about them. Uh, they really were one of the feel good stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far in sports in 2021 and they were hard not to root for i'm gonna be honest uh i i really didn't care who won this nba finals i was rooting for just a good series we got an excellent series electric home crowds in both places um some of the best single game performances almost every night i mean one night Giannis would score 40 then devin booker would and then there was just it was they were great games every every game was great Good old fashioned shootouts is what we had Um, close games too, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was just one of the most exciting finals in a long time. And especially if you were just a casual basketball fan who just didn't want to see LeBron in there again, or a super team in there, this was exactly uh, what the doctor ordered. If you were that type of fan. So I have really yet to find anybody who was upset and mad about Giannis winning his title, except maybe Suns fans, but even I've seen Suns fans, you know, graciously tip yes. their cap to what happened. Uh, I don't and know. Actually, something interesting I saw is ever since now you can take this any way you want, but ever since LeBron was knocked out in round one, they said viewership of the playoffs were up more than they were over the past however many seasons when LeBron was always making it. I mean, it's not surprising. We, we've, we've, Justin and I talked about this on the show in terms of football with the Patriots. Uh, you know, we loved to see the Patriots get knocked out. Justin mentions that Super Bowl against the Eagles all the time, and it's the same thing, mm-hmm. man. You just don't like to see the dynasty or the player or, you know, the, the guy who wins it all the time. You just yeah. want to well, see them get knocked out. I have, I don't have anything wrong with dynasties. I think like, the Spurs dynasty, which was in no way the super team. I mean, yes, they had Tim Duncan, but really after that, they didn't really have another top 10 player, maybe a top 15. I have no problem with dynasties. It's when players, like no offense, they James Harden of the world, they say, well, I can't win on my own, so I'll just go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's That's not – it's not fun to watch. It kind of goes against a lot of, uh, uh, if I want to get 
philosophically or I guess a lot of values that a lot of people hold. It goes against the idea of hard work paying off. It goes against the idea of uh, not taking the easy way out. It goes against the idea of not chasing money and fame. And I don't and know. It, it makes, I feel it makes the whole game less competitive. Yeah. That's it waters it down for sure. Uh, and it makes it, it makes it hard to watch sometimes. Uh, so talking of dynasties, just kind of thought of a question, this Bucks championship, do you feel like it's, uh, more of a flash in the pan thing like the 2011 Mavericks or do you think this is the start of the next dynasty um that's an interesting question I definitely I don't think there are 2011 Mavericks I think they're no 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 offense to that team but I feel like the Bucks have way more pieces and are way way better more complete than that team was but I don't know, because I'm going to be honest, Brooklyn gave them a scare, and all they had was Kevin Durant most of the time, and that's really the only player that Brooklyn had. But um, I don't know. The Bucks. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo was hurt after round one, but they did, they did beat the Heat in round one, who had kind of embarrassed them last year. I don't know. I think time's going time's gonna to tell. I don't. I definitely think they're still going to be contenders because when you have a player like Giannis, it's like it's almost like LeBron on the the second stint with the Cavaliers. I mean, he's going to make them contend no matter what because he's just he's that good of a basketball player. But I I don't know if they'll be a dynasty, but I can I can tell you one thing: I will take one championship over none any day. Fair enough. Uh, And you're talking to a guy over here, uh, my co-host, who is kind of facing that same question with his football team right now. Um, And I told him this after the Bucs won the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you this now, you're going to find out really quick what it means to be a defending champion. You're going to have a target on your back all season long next year. You're going to be the team to beat wherever you go, whoever you play. Uh, It's going to be a gauntlet. And it's going to, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people, fans especially realize what it necessarily means for a team after you win a title, it's going to be really hard to get back. Uh, But I don't think right now where we're at that you could, uh, that you could go against Milwaukee either. I mean, they've proven they have what it takes. And now, now your team has the experience of a deep playoff run of a uh, emotional playoff run. And that, pays dividends in the uh in the long term so it's going to be i don't know i i don't know if i would say one way or another whether milwaukee's going to be back and win it next year or whatever but uh they're not good just like phoenix they're not going anywhere no nope not at all uh and i don't know did they wear the cream city jerseys in any of the finals games i'm asking for justin they did not wear them at all this season Sadly, they were last year's city jerseys. Yeah, it wasn't this year's city jerseys. Come on, Jared, keep up. I'm sorry. I don't keep up with the Cream City style like you guys do. Jared ever so made fun of their city jerseys this year, asking why they were wearing, I believe, blue, ugly blue. I was with Justin when we were watching a playoff game. Yeah, it was really weird. We were sitting there and, like, there was two TVs. One was all screwed up, and the jerseys looked green on it. Yeah, they um, look the city. normal. Yeah, and we looked over to the other one, and they're blue. It's like, which of these TVs is screwed up? I, I honestly, like, I, we were about to ask the bartender, like, hey, man, what, w- which one of your TVs here is wrong? Because, and then we, like, looked it up online, and it was like, oh, they're, they're actually wearing blue tonight uh, for yeah, a playoff those, game. Those are their city jerseys. Yeah, I made fun of them a little bit. That's not their colors, uh, I mean, you you, the, the, you don't have room to talk. The Blazers' city jerseys are no, brown, no. which is terrible. I don't want to hear it. The Blazers' city jerseys are just fine. It gives homage to the entire state of Oregon. I Let's be real. It. No one wants to wear a, a brown jersey. Not even the Browns wanted to wear a brown jersey. Why you got to drag the Browns into this? Well, I'm just saying they did it forever. And now look at their uniforms. Their, their color rush are brown. All right. Well, I think we can all agree that but, the Cream City was better is what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, for sure. It was a top 
10 jersey of all time. Uh, so speaking of gear and jerseys, uh, the championship, have you bought the hat yet? The shirt, the sweatshirt, uh, you know, the team's already they got were it all sold out. I wanted a hat and it was sold out and all the sizes were like triple XL or extra smalls, which I, I, as a six foot two skinny guy, I don't really fit into any of those parameters, but, uh, <laughs> Hey man, they'll restock soon. And You'll get one. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I like immediately bought the t-shirt, the sweatshirt, the hat, the beanie. Like, see, I, I was gonna do that, but then I was just, I was too in the moment to, to even attempt yeah. to. Hey, yeah. but a lot of kids in Africa are gonna get Phoenix Suns World Champion shirts. Yeah, they are. Oof, they'll wear it right proudly along with their. So a whole continent is gonna think that the. The Suns are champions. They're going to wear it proudly with their Buffalo Bills four times in a row champion shirts. Uh, yikes. Well, that, that uh, was just too, that was a little harsh. Hey, I mean, this is just, you know, call it like I see it, I guess. Uh, speaking of fans in Milwaukee and the Green Bay area, they should be pretty happy right now. As Justin alluded to earlier, I'll let him expand on that. The collective sigh of relief that's coming out of Green Bay right now. What's going on over there, Justin? Uh, huge. Aaron Rodgers showed up to training camp. In style, too, I might add. Oh, style. In very much style. Did you see the shirt? I'm assuming you I did. did. I did. I also saw the salty man that replied to our tweet about it. Yeah, someone was not too happy with uh, us showcasing Aaron. We won't repeat what he said. It's not really... Uh, family friendly you can find you can find it on twitter find us at the expansion bu1 you know that's how you know we're getting fans right is if we got haters (laughs) well i I haven't seen the reply i saw the tweet but i did not see the reply and now i'm I'm curious go check it out i'm fairly positive he just i i I looked at his profile because i was curious just that aaron Rodgers hater he does not i i looked he just follows and looks for anything about aaron Rodgers to say trolling edgelord things it's like bro you're kind of obsessed aren't you <laughs> whatever man aaron Rodgers lives rent free in his head oh yeah, absolutely and he's gonna live rent free in green bay for another year uh, but I, I think he still has to pay like mortgage and stuff i mean I'm sure, you know, well, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he owns his own house is what i'm saying yeah but you still have taxes yeah well you should anyway <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, he's saying, Jared, he's going to be in. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that, you know, I want to know who this is that follows you that made this rude comment about Aaron Rodgers. They don't don't follow us. (laughs) I'd be impressed if they started, though. Uh, But anyway, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be in Green Bay, it sounds like, for this next year, but it sounds like that's going to be it because it's going to open the door for him to uh, leave in 2022. Yeah. He was, I think, on Instagram, him or he was talking about it being like the last dance and showing some like MJ with Pippin in the bowls. Uh, I think Devonte Adams put the same thing up. Yeah. And that's the Devonte Adams put the same thing. I think, um, you know, he, he stopped talks with expend, extending his contract with the Packers. So I think, um, I think he and Aaron maybe have been talking and been like, you know what, both of us kind of not happy. We could have we could have won this this whole thing if you know they put someone opposite me that could uh, really catch a ball. Yeah, um, maybe if they didn't trade away every every person that Aaron Rodgers liked on the team, you know, support him a bit more. They they very well could have been taking home the Lombardi last year. They maybe were, informed him that they were going to go after a quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I think. Um, a couple or years maybe ago. just drafted a, a wide receiver or yeah exactly anything else uh i don't know uh but here, my initial thought of this is if you're green bay's front office you're stupid yeah because uh yeah you get you get your guy back for another year you get the fan favorite back for one more year but that's essentially going to be it and now uh the precedent in green bay is super bowl or bust because mm-hmm. if you, if they don't win the super bowl uh, after this huge gamble, Aaron Rodgers gets to leave for nothing. And right now, up until a few days ago, when this news was announced, 
uh, he had tremendous trade value, tremendous trade stock. And I don't know, you have to win the Super Bowl for this to be worth it now if you're Green Bay. And in the NFC, which we've already talked about, is very, very top-heavy and talented, that's going to be tough. And so I expect the Packers to not win the Super Bowl this year. I expect them to get close again, but I don't think they're going to win. And I think you're going to see heads roll like uh, – Wait, so is this like a Mike Budenholzer situation? If they don't win, does Gunta Kuntz lose his, lose his job? Well, I don't think I don't think necessarily coaches lose their job, but I oh, think, I think Gunta Kuntz is the GM. Oh, the GM, absolutely. Yes. I think front office personnel, decision makers like that are canned because uh I don't know. This felt like such a thing to keep fans happy to me. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what it I just I don't there. understand where it all why why it all started in the first place. It just it's very stupid that they let this happen. Like, they essentially shot themselves. I think it was two years ago. um, So, this past year, Aaron Rodgers played, you know, obviously MVP caliber season. No no kidding, because he got MVP. But the year before that, where they lost to the Niners, if you look at it, they had a really good record through that season. But that that Packers team was not playing up to potential. They were kind of going through the motions, and their strength of schedule just kind of mulliganed them into – um, you know, a deep playoff run, mm-hmm. but Aaron Rodgers was playing like he just didn't care all that much. And so I think Green Bay's front office saw that and they're like, we better nip this thing in the bud and kind of get someone ready to take over because Aaron must be on his way out. And they did that, but they didn't consult him at all. And I think right now quarterbacks, especially, you know, the great quarterbacks, and I think this kind of starts with well, Peyton Manning and his time with uh, the Colts and the Broncos where he was getting to make quite a bit of decisions. And this has, you know, been said time and time again, but has been talking with these other guys, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who are in situations where they're just more or less told what to do. And they're like, well, why shouldn't we get to make decisions? We're, we're the – we're the face of the franchise. We're the ones, you know, well, yeah, it's, that are generational talents. They're not happy with their situation. The comparison I make, it's they're, they're turning into like almost like basketball superstars are LeBron James says, well, can you get me this guy? Or Kevin Durant says, I want to play with that guy. The team mm-hmm. moves heaven and earth to do it because that guy's your, that guy's your bread maker. Yeah, and I think in Green Bay, you had a situation where a lot of that was going on, and then you also had a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't know about, that we didn't see. That I think it was just, I think it was probably a myriad of little things that just got under Rodgers' skin to the point where he, we finally saw what we saw, the guy who uh, turned down a contract that would have made him the richest quarterback in the league right now. Uh, He's very fed up there. And well, I think I think some of it was new general manager, new coach. It was it was different than what the the Packers, you know, the whole Packers mentality was for a long time. And then they get new coach, new GM, and things started to it was just it was different. And I don't know if it was different in a good way. And they were still keeping that whole Packers vibe the same yeah and and you know who i feel most bad for in this situation long term i feel bad for jordan love because he didn't ask for no he takes a lot of the heat for all this and when really he was just a guy who got picked well and listen like aaron Rodgers was listen listen not only is he taking heat right now imagine what it's going to be like when aaron is gone every single fan in green bay is going to turn their attention to that that young man and say, was he worth it? We're about to find out. He's going to have a microscope on him, unlike, you know, any other. And, you know, the littlest mistakes he makes are going to be torn apart and critiqued. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a rough go of it. And we'll see, we'll see what that kid's made of because Green Bay, those fans are diehards, obviously. Yep. Uh, the tradition runs deeper there than most sports franchises in America. And, they are a storied franchise. A storied well, franchise, as a wise man once said. And 
to, I mean, you're Jordan Love and you're asked to follow in the footsteps of Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be. Well, and they've had 30 straight years of winning football. And more or less. Whether Aaron Rodgers, which I, I don't know Aaron Rodgers, but he seems like a, a pretty decent guy when he says it's not about Jordan Love. I, I personally don't think for Aaron Rodgers it was ever about Jordan Love. But you know that fans and media are not going to take it that way. Oh no, that's going to be the that's going to be the narrative. Um, and I, if Jordan Love can come out of this as the bona fide Packers starter that leads them to the playoffs, back to a Super Bowl, whatever, uh, imagine the hero he's going to be. So he'll, he'll be the new Aaron Rodgers. Because if know. if Aaron Rodgers had not been what he is, they would have been saying the same things about him as they say about Jordan Love now. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, history repeats itself, and it really tends to in uh, in Green Bay. It's kind of funny how that works. But uh, if we don't have anything else about the Packers, if you guys don't, I do have some other football news I want to touch on in the college world, if that's all right. Yeah, let's talk about college football. Let's talk about Texas and Oklahoma uh, seceding from the union that is the Big 12. <laughs> Uh, they both announced the two programs that they are not planning to renew any of their contracts media or otherwise with the big 12 when they're up and intend to make the move to the sec to join the likes of Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, etc. And gentlemen, this is so incredibly stupid. If you'll allow me to explain why I, I think we'll allow you. If you're Texas and Oklahoma, your bread is buttered on both sides in the Big 12. Uh, since 1996, the two programs, either Texas or Oklahoma, has won the Big 12 championship title 17 times, okay? They are the blue bloods in that conference. They have one of the best rivalries in the whole sport. Uh, they are really what brings the eyes to the Big 12. Let's not mince words here yeah there's kansas state yeah iowa state's getting good now but it's all about boomer sooner and horns up it always has been and the fact that they're gonna leave is going to be i think a death sentence for the big 12 if we're being honest i'll get to that in a second but if you're the two programs you're going somewhere where the only advantage i see is maybe revenue maybe uh it's not like they're not making anything in the big 12 either right now uh but the championships are not going to come as easy in the sec when you're playing teams like alabama lsu auburn on a yearly basis i mean oklahoma the only big 12 team mind you that's made the college football playoff since its inception has shown us what happens when they play SEC team they got absolutely dismantled by LSU two years ago in the Peach Bowl before that they lost to Alabama in the Orange Bowl then before that they lost to Georgia in the Rose Bowl it's not the same monster in the SEC so uh, records are going to go down uh, in terms of wins and losses I think fan bases those two fan bases are going to get frustrated uh, the only thing that makes sense about this to me is that they're moving together to keep the Red River rivalry intact, that they keep it so they play each other every year. And I have seen some things where fans down in Texas are excited about the possibility of this renewing the Texas A&M-Texas rivalry. But outside of that, this is kind of a lose-lose the way I look at it, uh, unless you're the SEC, which suddenly is now going to become, I think, one of the most powerful entities in all of sports as if they weren't already with the addition of these two. I just don't get it, but well, I, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's my little rant. I'll turn it over to you guys. Uh, I, I think that these two schools are, I think they just feel like they're maybe big fish in a little pond when I, and I think they're just getting big for their britches. They're like, well, we need to be in a better conference. Cause we're so good. We need to, that's exactly what's happening. It's egos, uh, essentially. <laughs> and yeah, I agree. I think they're not going to be able to keep up. And I think here in a year or two, they're going to be, you know, I, I give them five years. They go through with this. 
they get their butts handed to them every single year. Um, and they're going to be like, okay, well, maybe we need to move back. Yeah. Well, and I, and here's the thing, like this won't go into effect for a few years until the contracts are up, but yeah, it's going to be hard. It's, I don't think, I mean, I think they might realize or think they realize how hard it's going to be, but we, when you're playing an SEC schedule every year, that's different than a Big 12 schedule. And then I want to talk about this a little bit from the standpoint of the Big 12 conference. Uh, this is curtains, I think. This is uh, the end of the show because Texas and Oklahoma were the two big boys that brought in the eyes, that brought in the money, that brought in the TV deals. Uh, and unless you talk about realignment down the line where you bring teams in uh, to try to fill that void – who's going to want to watch big 12 football except for the yeah. fans of Baylor and of Kansas state and of Kansas. I say that as I gag thinking of them as a football program. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I've heard some interesting projections of maybe down the road, moving Boise state from the mountain West to the big 12. I don't think that would be a terrible move for the Broncos. Uh, but I don't know. I think that the big 12 just of the power five teams just dip themselves below the pac 12 with this and it's going to be really hard to recover from. Yeah. Well, you also have to look to at the money that some of these schools have available and the resources they have for recruiting, because if, if they're moving teams into that division, some of those teams and, you know, Boise is, you know, pretty good, but even still they're, they're a smaller program when compared to others in that division. Oh yeah. I, I don't think that they can ever, realistically keep up recruiting wise, because I mean, you have schools like your Alabama's and your LSU's that are going to get the top picks. And then everything has to trickle down basically into these smaller schools. Yeah. And I don't want this to get misconstrued as me saying that I don't think Texas and Oklahoma are going to be good anymore. I still think they're going to be good programs. I think yeah. they're going to make bowl games, but appearances in conference championships not going to happen as often appearances in the college football playoff uh, right now, almost laughable because you know, the sec is always good for at least one team in there. And yes, I know we're talking about maybe expansion here within the next few years, as far as the playoffs go, but it's going to be a rough adjustment for these two fan bases too, that are used to being on top that are used to being uh, all eyes on them. Sort of, it's going to be a whole different world. And uh, like I said, the only entity this really works out for uh, is the SEC. And now the SEC just has an absurd number of teams in it. And I don't know, something uh, it's, I think this overall is bad for college football. Uh, it's definitely bad for big 12 football. Um, Jake, I guess, what are your thoughts on it though? I know, I know you're not a huge college football guy, but you know who these teams are, you know, what this is kind of about. Well, I understand the wanting to, play in the sec from a standpoint as we want to play better competition and you know we want to actually i'm sure they want to compete to play in the college football playoffs and win the national championship and all that but i find it most funny that the big 12 only has 10 football teams and now they're going to be the big eight yeah (laughs) the not so big eight really Uh, But I I get what you're saying about better competition because on the flip side of everything I just said, uh, if Texas beats an Alabama or an LSU or Oklahoma does the same, a win over a team like that is going to look a lot more impressive to the selection committee as compared to a win over a team in the Big 12. So I I get that side of it too, but I just don't see those wins coming as often as I think these two programs think they might. Uh, And Again, I would just point you to Oklahoma's appearances in the college football playoff if you want any indication of how that might go, uh, at least for a while. I kind of agree with Justin where I think it'll be three, four, five years in, and these two might be regretting that decision to, to make the move. And who knows what the Big 12 will be at that point, unless they make some serious adjustments, there could be a bottom-tier conference, so... I don't know. I think it's a bad move all around. I don't like it. I don't like what it's going to do to the sport, to the conferences, but who am I to say? Just a fan You here. are a host of the Expansion Buddies podcast. That's who you are to say. And damn it, if that doesn't mean something, then what are we doing, right? <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, you know, I don't know. Still excited for college football. Still excited for what it's going to bring. Uh, just not really a fan of this news. But gentlemen, we're getting to the point in the evening where we need to uh, do shout outs. So I'll turn it over to our guest first. Jake, who is your shout out this week? Uh, the entire Milwaukee Bucks team. Shocker. I never thought that you would do that. They deserve it. More importantly, Giannis for having the best game of his career in the biggest moment of his career. You know, I normally I might uh, get after you a little bit for being a homer pick there for the shout out, but I'll give it to you this time. That's a well-deserved one from Giannis and the Bucks. Justin, who's your shout out this week? I, I think after your cha- or your team wins a championship, you're allowed to give them your shout out. You are. And I'm pretty sure you did with the Bucks after the Super Bowl. And it's I'm pretty positive. I th- actually, I think I, I shouted out Gronk specifically. <laughs> because i thought he should have got mvp but i digress that's that's a long time all right who's your shout out this week my shout out is to philippine filipino i think filipino um weightlifter and i'm gonna butcher this name and i apologize hitlin diaz who on uh, on monday the 20 the 26th won the Philippines first ever gold medal in over a hundred or in a hundred years of trying to get a gold medal. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw that too. It, uh, that was surprising to me first off to, to hear that the Philippines had never won a gold before. I kind of just, I guess, always assumed they had one somewhere, but, uh, how cool is that? I mean, to bring home your country's first ever gold medal at the Olympics, that's an excellent shout out. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I'm going to keep it with the Olympics as well. Uh, and I'm going to shout out uh, our own American here, 17-year-old Liddy Jacoby. She won the gold in the 100-meter breaststroke, pulling off an upset to win it. And I don't know if you guys have seen the video of her family watching her win this race. It is one of the coolest things I have seen in sports all year. I mean, they are jumping up and down, climbing the walls, freaking out. Wasn't her whole uh, high school's gym filled watching her as well? Is that where it might have been? It looked like a gym. Uh, anyway, shout out to her. 17 years old, bringing home the gold in a swimming event. Uh, I can't fathom it, but mostly because I'm a horrible swimmer. Also, uh, she's she's from Alaska, and they their biggest pool in Alaska is half the size of an Olympic pool. Jeez. Wow. I didn't, didn't know that. So uh, my shout out is going to an Olympian, too this week uh cool stuff going on in the olympics right now i haven't been watching a ton i've been seeing the big highlights here kind of like we've talked about uh but it's always it's always exciting to see these athletes uh do something like that on the grand stage pull off an upset win your country's first whatever it may be so neat stuff going on in the olympics do we have any call outs gentlemen um Nothing beyond what I've already called out about how the Olympics is being run at the time, but fair, fair enough. <laughs> some more, yeah, some more uh, iffy stuff going on there. Jake, do you have a call out? You know, call I'd outs like... are optional, so you don't. Nah, well, you know, you know me. I have some very hot takes, so I'm going to call out the USA men's basketball team for blaming Greg Popovich <laughs> for using the Spurs offense and playbook well guess what he's the Spurs coach and he has been for longer than I've been alive so uh maybe he knows a thing or two about basketball maybe you should just run the Spurs playbook and uh play some team basketball out there like Tim Duncan would have that's that's funny because I'm pretty sure I called out Team USA last week uh didn't Pop admit though that like he said I don't exactly know how to to coach all these guys like didn't he say something like that I don't know, but it, that that would make sense because let me tell you, none of them are playing uh, Tim Duncan type of uh, unselfish basketball out there. You shut your mouth about Damian Lillard. He's doing well. I never spot. said him. Well, maybe maybe they need to put no, no, especially Damian. I'm just kidding. Maybe they should put Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday in a little bit more because then they know how to win. Man, it's gotta feel bad though for some of those guys getting all the way over there just to be like knocked out almost immediately. Yeah, well, they haven't been knocked out yet, but to get beat by France right off the bat. Uh, well, I, 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 sorry, I sorry, I'm, I'm just predicting. They lose to Iran tonight. We're, we're going to have some issues. 
Yeah, we'll know when this thing comes out. Uh, but yeah, game two against Iran, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I also have a call out this week. Maybe not as uh, well-deserved as Team USA is going to get, but I need to call out the Washington Nationals because on Tuesday, the 27th, you let an inside-the-park home run happen to you, which is always not good on a highlight film if you're on defense. But of all guys, you let Bryce Harper do it your former superstar who now plays for the <laughs> Phillies. He hit an inside the park homer against you. That does not feel good. And I'm sure there's a lot of nationals fans right now that are burying their face in their hands as we speak because of that. How, yikes. That's, that's all I got to say is yikes. Can I have another tiny call out? Um, what are the golden, <laughs> what are the golden Knights doing trading Andre Fleury to the Blackhawks? Oh man, I forgot going. about that. I'm, oh my god. That, yeah, that was. That's big sad. Too. Big uh, sad. I don't know, man. I'm liking the odds for the Kraken more and more every day. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, Dang, we didn't even talk about the Kraken draft. There's some, there's some things that happened in that. No carry price, no me likey. That's just yeah, that. but it it makes. I know, I know, it makes sense. Financially, it's sad, but it makes sense. Financially, I get it. Uh, I'm financially not and health wise. I'm not going to call out the boys for that one, although it was kind of a bummer. Uh, speaking of, uh, we all know now that I have to buy this guy a Yanni Gord jersey. That is who Seattle what? took from Tampa Bay. So you'll have one of those coming in the near future, sir. But have they started selling official jerseys yet? I haven't even seen. September 15th, I believe. September 15th is so far away. We got away. It gives me time to save up, so I like it. <laughs> Because uh, I'm going to be buying two jerseys. I'm going to be buying a Kale Fleury jersey for myself. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, cool stuff going on in hockey. Uh, I don't have anything else, though. I we're, we're a year in, guys. We're a year into this show, and we have no plans of slowing down anytime soon. The expansion buddies, when we first started, we were just a glint in the eye of Justin and I in one of our uh, history classes, I do believe, is where we came up with this idea in college. Yeah, uh, probably when we weren't listening to our TA Will. Oh, Will. Old William. Oh, what a guy. What a guy. What a class. What a time for the Expansion Buddies to be born. Uh, and here we are now with a Twitter account, the Expansion BU1. Check us out there. An Instagram account, the same handle. Check us out there. Uh, we've just been so happy to do this show for you guys, all six of you, over the last... Uh, year hey speaking of though i see our new zealand listener was back he was back he was back again last week we got to find out who he is or she who this mystery person is uh so if you're listening right now fan from new zealand please 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 we beg you reach out uh, on one of our social media platforms let us know who you are and what drew you to us uh but until next week until next thursday thank you all for listening to our one-year special episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Jakey, thank you so much for joining once again. Thanks, thanks for having me. To rant and rave about your bucks. Uh, Justin, thank you for being the best co-host a guy could ask for. Oh, thanks. Same to you, buddy. You, you're welcome, my guy. Uh, and tune in next Thursday, whether it be on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, on any platform that you so choose that can on a string we'll be here for you next thursday justin never forget party like it's 1976